We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022, the Memorial Tournament. Research, first look, picks, preview, the listeners like all that fun stuff. Apologies for not having the research show last week. I lost my voice, and if you watch any of the shows last week, following the where the research show would have been, you can see I was not at 100%. Feeling much better at this point, so let's get back to action. Reminder to Smash the like button to the episode. Sub to Mayo Media Network. Give me your winner down in the con or down in the comment section. And please play in the listeners league. We've expanded it back up to 2,500 seats this week. 2,000 went very quickly a week ago. People complained they couldn't get in. So now is your chance to go get your spot. Link is down in the description. Three max entry, $15 to play. No rake, thus making it the best tournament on DraftKings. We keep filling these so quickly we might get the max. For the U.S. Open in two weeks' time. Now, we had 6,000 spots at the PGA Championship. Filled no problem. So we're hoping to get up to 6,667, which is the max that they will give me. You'd be shocked that DraftKings does not want to give out more than $100,000 in guaranteed rake-free money. They just don't want to do that. But if we keep pressing the point, we can get up to that number, which I think we should all band together to do, because who doesn't love rake-free money? Everyone loves rake-free money. 
from at least what I hear. Anyway, remember to smash that like button and sub to the newsletter. That's down in the description. The update will come out on Wednesday evening. All the final thoughts, ownership projections, final bets, which never win, but either way, you'll see them so you don't have to bet them because you know that they're not going to win. That's the way that this all ends up working out. Either way, the field for the Memorial Tournament, Jack's Tournament, this year, pretty packed, to tell you the God's honest truth. We'll get to that in a minute. Do want to let anyone know that, and this is one of the funny things, when I moved back to Nova Scotia uh, a few years ago, or actually last year, it's been like a year to date almost, uh, this is when I got out of my 14-day quarantine. Remember those things? Yeah, I had to do that. That was no fun. Either way, uh, I moved really close to one of the most sought-after golf courses that people end up coming to. The Both Cabot Links and Cabot Cliffs had a friend come up last week from the States and was like, hey, do you want to come play Cabot? I was like, yeah, absolutely. It's a three-hour drive for me. That's, that's perfect. Any excuse to get up there. Uh, and so if anyone is coming up to Cabot, just shoot Pat. If you need a fourth or if you need an eighth, whoever it might be, shoot Pat a note because I never get sick of playing those courses because they are amazing, truly amazing. The views will absolutely knock you over, and they're a good test of golf. One thing, though, uh, when you're playing with people who are way better than you, which I was, and they want to go back to – they didn't play from the tips. They played from the one up from the tips. I usually play the whites. Not super good at golf. Uh, it makes the course a lot longer, um, more so than you would think. You're like, oh, yeah, the tee boxes. You can see them. Uh, like when you're, you know, you can see each of the tee boxes when you walk past them or when you're teeing off. And just the 450-yard difference really does mess with you, especially on the par threes. Like 210-yard par threes are tough enough for me as it turns out just to begin with. And turning those into like 235-yard par threes, it's a tough task. Uh, I don't necessarily have, like, the club I can go to. Don't hit my three-wood very well. Don't hit my hybrid very well. So it's like five iron that I need to gas up as much as possible. Spoiler alert, did not turn out well for old Pat Mayo from the green tees on these, like, really lengthy par threes. But still, a whole lot of fun. Uh, and, yeah, shoot me a note if you need someone to come up or if you need uh, some sort of contact to lodging. I got you covered because I think everyone should go up and play it if they can do it because uh, it is a lot of fun and it's a it's an experience within North America that you're probably not going to find anywhere else. I guess the cliffs is sort of akin to Pebble Beach in a way, but totally different at the same time. Uh, you don't see that many, I mean, just with the giant fescue that rolls up and playing directly on the coast. Like we played the cliffs one day and it was like 40 mile per hour winds and you know it made some holes just basically impossible and other holes you're like man i just hit it like 350 down the middle of the fairway this is great uh then we played it the next day it was like four mile per hour winds completely different course uh shockingly enough uh and you never know what you're going to get when you show up because the winds can just pop up out of nowhere swirl change direction uh, when you play directly on the ocean that tends to be what happens anyway enough about my fun that i had this week let's try to get into some real fun for the memorial hopefully for me it goes a little bit better than colonial because not doing the research show last week and doing it on my own, not talking it through and hearing myself say some stuff out loud. Uh, just when you go all in on answer and burger, you're not going to have a very good time at a tournament. Put it that way. Uh, I did have some Harbin. Not as much as the field, though. Did not expect to see him like 35% owned. That was just insane to me. I uh, wish Spieth would have beat Scheffler. That's really what it comes down to. And since he, uh, at least as I'm recording this, is not beating him, it would take a pretty epic either run by Jordan or collapse or a mix of both by Scheffler for one to beat the other and me to have a good week. Just don't see that happening at this point. Scotty, uh, it was a one-week flip for him, as it turns out. He is in the field this week for Memorial, however, when we jump over and check it all out. Uh, he is the number one ranked player in the world. He is in the field, um, and that's pretty sweet. 
to tell you the truth. This field is, now that the major season is rolling up on on us, like one after another, like the U.S. Open is two weeks away, the non-majors at this point of the year tend to just draw some pretty weak fields because you never know who's going to show up in order to get their tune-up. We saw a lot of guys do that at Colonial this week. Some will do it at my National Open, the Canadian Open, next week, but that field is not going to be strong. It's going to go head-to-head with the first Live Tour. We still don't even know as of this moment who is playing in that event. It's like Phil and others, I suppose. Justin Thomas is playing in the Canadian Open, skipping Memorial, which is kind of shocking to me. But this field is stacked. So it's it's Scheffler, Rom, Rory, Cantlay, Cam Smith, Morikawa, Hovland, Lowry, Spieth, Neiman, Hideki, Xander, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Like, that's a pretty good headline to the field. Will Zalatoris is playing as well. And then you get down to like the second tier of players. It's like Berger, Leishman, Connors, Homa, Bradley, Horschel, Mito, Adam Scott, Woodland. See, whoo! Kim, I can do the whoo! Again, my voice is back. This is great. Jason Day, Abraham Answer, Patrick Reed. Like, that's the second tier of players. That tier of players alone, if you threw out the top tier of players, would still be stronger than some of the fields that we've seen so far this year. So, like, this is the tournament, uh, especially with, you know, Jack being on the grounds, this being Jack's tournament, him doing the commentary. Remember a few years ago, uh, when he was doing the commentary, that uh, you could see them finishing up when Rom, I think it was Rom and Palmer playing together when Rom won at minus nine. Played so difficult that year. They had the back to back weeks, the work day, and then the memorial. The memorial just played way harder than anyone would have expected. Uh, either way, uh, they were tearing up the course. So they went on uh, as the final group was finishing so they could get it ready for the following year. Uh, and they did that. And we saw it play out last year. Uh, reminder that this is the tournament that Cantley beat Morikawa in the playoff. A year ago. However, this was the one that Rom was just absolutely beating the brains out of everyone, then tested positive for COVID coming off the 18th hole after round three. Then he couldn't play in round four. So that was the end of it. So Cantley's won two of the past three editions of this tournament. So, you know, he did it before the design, after the redesign, he won again. Morikawa came second, lost in the playoff, obviously, but he won the work day that was here in 2020. Played a bit easier conditions. You know, Reed consistently plays pretty well at this tournament. If you're looking for the players that have made the cut uh, every time over the past three, uh, over the past five years, in a minimum of at least three appearances, you're looking at Cantley, Reed, Streelman, Scott. Scott, Damon, Glover, Party Marty Laird, Leishman, Knox, Pan, and her band Lahiri, Patrick, or Pat Perez, sorry, he's having like a decent week at Colonial, and Abe Answer. So they've all been good. Morikawa, Hovland, Bezadenhout are all two for two. Obviously, Morikawa won the workday. That's not included. Hovland was third that year uh, and gained by far the most strokes T to green of anyone. Uh, as he is wont to do from time to time. Although watching him, it's funny because he ended up doing pretty well at Southern Hills around the greens, just couldn't make any putts the entire week. But seeing him at Colonial in the third round on hole one, you're like, oh yeah, that's why he struggles when there's a bunch of sand. And there's a lot of sand this week. So the field itself is incredibly strong. Uh, And taking a look back at overall past five years, strokes gain total. Cantley, Fowler, Scott, Streelman, Spieth. Uh, Only Scott has not played all of the five times. Spieth is really weird. Like he he does well at this tournament, but he's never really been in contention to win this tournament, at least over the past five years, which is kind of strange. You see Cooch, Cooch is all over the place. He's won this event in the past. If you're looking for former winners, it's not like a who's who. I mean, Lingmurth is in there, and so is William McGirt. That was a weird two-year blip, but like good names end up winning this event, like Cantley, Rom, Cantley, Bryson, Duffner, Hideki, 
Matt Kuchar. Tiger has won it five times. So uh, you're getting sort of the who's who. It's funny like when you look at the crossovers. Like Firestone, because it's both in both these courses are in Ohio, would have been the perfect crossover, but they haven't played there in ages. Although you've seen guys that have played well at both those tournaments do well at Memorial as well. Like even guys like Keegan Bradley and I mean Hideki obviously won at both, Tiger won at both, but you have like Keegan Bradley, who else had done well? At uh, just he's the one who really stands out. Cantlay uh, had played well at Firestone. Leishman, Bubba Watson, Bryson, even Duffner and Lingmurth had both played really well at Firestone in their careers as well. Bo Hogue, uh, I don't even know if Bo Hogue is in the field this week, but he is someone who is a uh, sort of yeah he is there he is he was T thirteen last year. I think his dad like grew up as like the superintendent of this course. He has some sort of like weird connection to Mirfield Village, Ohio guy. So uh, there's also Corn Fairy stuff you can go look at as well if you wanna. Uh, to see if there are guys just from the bottom of the list. Like, that's not going to be a you know a mitigating factor this week. But if it is, like, a differentiator, if you play some Stars and Scrubs after we get everything coming out, that, like, Svensson, Svensson must have done something great uh, at one of these courses. I only say this because he's a part of, like, I looked at the interview schedule for the week. It's Matthew Fitzpatrick, John Rom, Jack Nicholas on Tuesday, Rory, Cantlayan, Adam Svensson on Wednesday. That's kind of strange. Bryson is currently listed in the field, but that's been the case for the past few weeks, and he has withdrawn uh, from most of those events, uh, from all of those events, actually. We still haven't seen him play eventually. I think he's gearing up to play at the, let's see, the Nationwide. I think that's actually the tournament. Uh, yeah, the OSU, it's not the same course, obviously, but on the Corn Ferry Tour, Svensson did win in Ohio last year. I'm assuming that's why he's getting this time. Who else? Lipsky, Jagabombs, Baljean, my guy, Tigala, Vince Whaley, all inside the top 10, uh, inside the top 10. Cam Young was 10th. Glee Glick, Dewey Vanderwall, you got some U-line action up here. Chad Ramey inside the top 20. Oh, Gutkowski, he's up there as well. All right, so we got guys. Uh, so maybe if you want to go back on fantasynational.com slash mayo to get that uh, 20% off discount, you can just see Ohio courses. Uh, this was in the 2020 season, by the way, not the 2021 season. Uh, either way, you can see Svensson was uh, the winner at Nationwide. What's this one? I don't know what this one is. This is another one that Svensson went with Max McGreevy, who continuously like pops up once every five weeks at like the top 10 of leaderboards for a minute. And you end up seeing how he ends up turning out. Uh, either way, yeah, Sung Jay's in this field as well. So a lot of very good players at Memorial this week. So it's basically the strongest field event in, like during major season. That's not a major. We used to get the WGCs. So in between the Masters and the Open Championship, it is feeling like the Memorial is that event that people are going to go play. Worth noting, of the winners that I kind of listed out, can't lay withstanding, uh, you take a look at, uh, I mean, I don't know why this is the case. I have no rhyme or reason to it. But with Hideki, Kuchar, Tiger, all former winners here, they've also won at TPC Sawgrass. That's just really weird to me. I, I don't know why that's, I mean, I, I don't know why that's the case overall, but uh, it's just very yeah, it's just strange to me that those are the kind of the guys. It's funny to see Cameron Young inside the top 10 at that nationwide event. Obviously, Cam Young will be a popular play this week, hoping his odds, and this used to be sort of like the tournament uh, that people would break through 
at. Like Hideki, this is where he got his first big win. Cooch obviously had won the players, but this was like his first, his other big PGA win. Uh, Lingmurth broke through. McGirt broke through. This was Bryson's big breakthrough in a strong field. Cantlay's big breakthrough in a strong field. Uh, like Neiman and Byunhan Ann ended up, I think he they were in the playoff with Bryson that year. I can't quite recall at this point. Either way, uh, that is what we're kind of dealing with for the Memorial turn. It's been a big breakthrough spot over the years. And if there's anyone who's close to breaking through, Cam Young would seem like he's that guy. Although when we take a look at the course itself, uh, he's gaining so much off the tee. Not to say that he's not gaining everywhere else. He is. But these aren't like outstanding. Outside of Wells Fargo, these are not outstanding approach metrics. They are big off the T metrics. Now you can tackle courses myriad ways, obviously, but this is one of the courses that has the biggest discrepancy overall between strokes gained off the T and strokes gained uh, on approach. So you take a look at the past course conditions. Uh, actually, no, let's go into, yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at last year in a second. So the course conditions uh, we'll see, you know, it's difficult scoring to par. We see that every year. Bent grass greens, the redo has been done. Uh, they changed all the bunkers around. They changed basically everything around. Um, and like the tee boxes were regrassed, an extra 100 yards was added to the field. The greens were recontoured. And we saw it didn't make that big of a difference a year ago. The greenside bunkers are the most difficult in terms of proximity getting out of them on the PGA Tour. So that is worth noting that you do want to have a strong sand game or just hit all the greens in regulation and then you'll be fine. We'll see when we look at Cantlay's stats from a year ago, he was like a minus out of the sand, but he just absolutely dominated in greens in regulation. It's like one or two bad shots out of the sand will make it look really bad if you're only in the bunker three times. Uh, if you're in the bunker 17 times, then you're going to need to have a pretty good bunker game. There's a lot of them littered around this course. Very difficult to get out of. Uh, last year, difficult hitting fairways, which is strange because the fairways are super wide at this course. Uh, it's slower greens than normal because they were only fast, not lightning fast. Uh, so expect them to be on the faster end, some of the fastest on the PGA Tour this season. Uh, the rough is absolutely devastating. It is club catching rough. Uh, a lot like, I guess not necessarily Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines during like a U.S. Open, but slightly less is probably what you're looking for in terms of this. And we go take a look at last year. Uh, you can see the course breakdown. Actually, this is the course breakdown. This is the official 2021 scorecard. We'll get that updated once the official 2022 is released. But just long par threes, long par fours. And you really have to hope that it's you tread water on them. That That's essentially what it boils down to. Can you tread water on these difficult holes and score on the par fives? I know that sounds very simplistic, but... That's the way it's going to end up going. You can see on the during the work day, and I think they did it for one of the rounds last year. Number 14, you have to clear that little creek in front of the green that it was drivable the year that it was at the work day. And they did move up the tee boxes, I think, for one of the rounds to make it drivable. But you can see it's not the eagle hole that it potentially was at work day. It's something where you can kind of go at it. Hopefully you don't end up in the creek. And even if you do, you can still get it up and down for par. It's a birdie hole. Uh 14 and 15 are where you're really going to make up a lot of your strokes. If you don't take advantage of those two holes in particular, along with the rest of the par fives, obviously. But coming down the stretch, you get the first, second, and fourth most difficult holes on the course. So you need to pile up your birdies right here in 14 and 15, because you're probably going to give some back when you're playing three holes with over. I mean, combined between bogeys and double or worse, each of them plays at least 
25%. So one fourth of the field is making bogey or double bogey or worse on those holes. So yeah, that's not going to turn out very well. People trying to hold leads coming down the stretch. Uh, and again, looking at that course breakdown, as I talked about, uh, looking at the top five finishers in particular, uh, even going back to last year, uh, like when you take a look at the past 14 years, uh, the winner has ranked inside the top 10 in strokes gained approach. That shouldn't be any shocker. Strokes gained approach means a ton. But looking at last year, six of the top 10 finishers finished top 10 in strokes gained approach last season. Like that's a pretty incredible amount because you always have someone who ends up sneaking in because of great putting or great chipping or great driving. But taking a look at the discrepancy between approach and off the tee of the top five finishers over the past five years, it's almost three and a half times the difference between approach and off the tee. Shorter hitters who can keep it in the short grass and have a great iron week can most definitely compete at this course, especially if they can get it up and down from around the greens or just hitting a lot of greens of regulation and can figure out the green speeds. Uh, around the green actually tracks out higher than off the tee. That's not something that you see a lot of at any tournament. Like This is one of the biggest gaps between approach and off the tee that you're going to find at any tournament all season long. So it does bring a lot of the field into play, obviously straight and long. It's going to be a big benefit hitting those shorter irons to get them to stick on these below average size greens. I mean, when you can hit a wedge instead of a eight iron that's going to be a huge benefit no matter who you are that's going to be a huge except for like rory because like rory's like oh i'm 100 yards out i don't know what to do now and i'm going to miss the green other than him most of the field pretty good at that you can see the influence of par fives in terms of strokes gain if you can really pile up against the field uh, a great par five week you're gonna have a pretty good time that's how I feel, at least. Uh, the par fours, as I mentioned, seven of them between 450 and 500 yards. It's not great. And there's not a lot of, like, eagles out here as well. Number five you can get to. The other ones you can get lucky, maybe chip in. Maybe you hit the shot of your life, get on into, but realistically, and get it close to the pin. You can get on into, but then you're like, 60 feet away. Uh, but number five is the one that you're probably going to be targeting. So Eagles don't play a huge factor. Uh, the historic cut line at this event, plus three, plus four, plus two, plus one, plus four, minus one. Jeez, 2016. Playing easy, even the year before that as well. And then it's back to being hard once again. So expect some bad scores. Expect some guys that you pick this week who look great on paper, are just going to be absolutely brutal and play themselves out of a tournament almost immediately. Scrambling's way down here. Greens and regulation are way down. Driving accuracy is way up, mainly because the fairway, they got the, the, some of those thick boy there fairways. You, you, it's not Kapalua, but you know it's better that than what we're seeing this week at Colonial, at least. Driving distance down, uh, just because some of the forced layups and different contours that you have. Uh, green regulation proximity to the hole is very high, but that's very much to do with players not hitting the greens in regulation. Let's jump over to a last year's tournament to see post redesign what we were looking at in terms of strokes gained. So you can see Cantlay absolutely dominated. I'll do that sort by strokes gained approach. Rom is not listed because he was WD from this field. And so that is, uh, you know, he was winning about like six strokes going into the final round. So he was doing all of these things. He was having a great tee to green week and he was putting the lights out. It's a deadly mix when you're John Rahm. Oh, Antoine Rosner, whatever happened to that guy? So Ortiz and Rosner did both finish inside the top 20. They were one and two in approach for the week. Uh, they don't really factor in. But then like Jimmy Walker, Colin Morikawa, Cantlay, one, two, and six on the leaderboard. They're inside the top five of approach. Reed and Scheffler were fifth and third. They're inside the top 10. Brendan Grace inside the top 10. So if you're 
you're not hitting your irons well, you're going to have a bit of a problem. We'll see who the top finisher was. But like a, like Lowry and Homa were both T6. And they they did gain 2.4 and 2.1 strokes on approach. Aaron Wise, 3.1. See, whoo! Kim, 2.2. Like, that's a good week on approach. That's not, like, lighting the world on fire. That's, like, top 25 for the week. But they were able to piece it together with great putting um, or either great chipping, great driving. So that's something that you can look for. Hey, Big Rick, T11, good for him. Uh, Norin, who's in the field this week, played pretty well. You can see Scott was just chipping and putting last year. Uh, That's usually pretty unsustainable. We'll see how Adam Scott has been doing. It feels like he was pretty good at the ball striking category, especially on approach earlier in the year, and has kind of fallen back a little in those departments. Yeah, the approach has been bad. Uh, He's not playing as much either. The putting completely regressed from, yeah, I guess he's not going to gain seven strokes every single tournament. The driving has been more consistent and better, though. So if you can get those irons back up, the chipping back up, you know, he's someone that could potentially win here. I'm going to go for more of the younger guys this week, uh, but that's just going to be me. Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA Finals? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 Same Game Parlay and won over $5,000. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you got a shot an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DOP. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DOP only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's build a model. And see what we can do for this tournament. Now, if you scroll down on Fantasy National, you can find a few things here. You'll find Mirfield Village, and we can just take a quick look at that if you want to, about how guys have played here over the years. So you can see that it's separated by Workday and Mirfield Village GC, which is the memorial layout. So different conditions, different yardages. You probably just want to click on that one. Mirfield is not this course that is overseas for the Open Championship. So just take a quick look at that. Uh, we'll just take a look at, I don't know, what seems to be pretty good. 2020, we don't need 2022 because that was not listed. 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018. Take a look look back at the past four iterations. Jesus. Jumps on me, clicks on me. So the past four iterations of this tournament will go by average per round to kind of filter that out a little bit in case someone had like a big blow up round. It's detrimentally affecting them. Rom is by far the best player. Palmer is second. And then we get to Cantley, Scott, and Morikawa are the five best players on this field in terms of strokes gain total per round. T to green, uh, if we go, are we, let's take a look at putting. Uh, Tringali, Putnam, Hostler, Straka, Bezadenhout, Day, Matthews, Bryson's been really good on these screens. So I'm going to see Woo. Interesting stuff. Brennan Steele, Cantley and Rom are down there as well. Big Rick Fowler. This is one of the bigger Ander curses of all time when he, he he put the curse on Duffner, and Duffner was up by like 10 strokes, got caught by Ricky. Then he said there was no way that Ricky could win this tournament. Then he gagged it away to Duffner again. 
Now, who's been bad? That's maybe one of the things to look at. Who's been bad on these greens? Oh, Will Zalatoris, big shocker there. Doug Gim, Danny Lee, Cameron Champ, Lipsky. That's in four rounds, two rounds. That's not a huge sample, obviously. EVR, Duffner. The year that Duffner won this, I feel like, I, I think he didn't make any putts and was just so lights out. TD Green, I could be wrong on that, obviously. Memorial. Yeah, he lost strokes putting and just absolutely crushed it. To green. That was good enough for old Jason Duffner. But as, as we did see in that layout earlier, too, that putting, you know, it means a lot, but it's not the most important thing versus a lot of other tournaments. Hitting your greens in regulation is so big at this tournament. So in terms of approach, who's the best per round? Palmer Zalatoris. Jeez, 2.6 strokes game. I think it's in four rounds, but geez, it's good. It's really good. Will Z, although Will Z, granted, has putted much better on fast bent grass greens in his career clearly not here in his two rounds when he missed the cut but you know the masters he putted well at, i mean the greens at southern hills weren't lightning quick but they were difficult to read as people were having a lot of problems will zalatoris did he had one untimely three putt that's gonna happen to anyone but for the week he putted really well morikawa is you know that's no big shocker anyone surprising up here lahiri lahiri is another one who's had good success at this tournament over the years obviously he had good success at sawgrass earlier this year too not sure why this is the case but it just is the case evr in four rounds had a pretty good go bezayden out bezayden has played this pretty well lowry uh, lowry's gonna be a very popular selection this week, uh, even though he burned some people at the PGA Championship, he's just been playing so well, had a good run here last year. So he has good recent form, good enough course history if we really only consider last year. Uh, and he's, he, listen, he was still T23 at the PGA Championship. He just didn't put it all together like you would have hoped for. But this is an incredible run he's had so far in 2022. T23 at a major is his worst finish on the PGA Tour so far this season. I take it. And he has a 15th. He had a 6th last year. He's had some struggles on the greens at this tournament over the years. Didn't last year, but the approach has been fantastic. Around the green has been good. The driving's been good. So expect Lowry to be up there. It's, it'll be funny to see between Lowry and Cam Smith, who ends up as, like, as the buzz guy coming into the week. Around the green, Rom, Lipsky, Palmer. Hey, Romway has the four rounds here over this time frame that we're looking at at Mirfield Village GC. Spieth, Reed, all the guys that you would actually prefer and would think of are up there. Pat Perez is pretty interesting, though. Perez, you know, he hasn't been consistent whatsoever, as you can see. No very high finishes, but the approach in the around the green has been really good. If you can figure out off the tee, and if that's a bit de-emphasized here. Now, if you hit it into the rough, you can get it going in a bad way, and you are out of this tournament. But if you can just hit some fairways, all of a sudden we're looking a whole lot better with Pat Perez, Denny McCarthy. That's no big shocker. Aaron Wise has played this course pretty well over the course of his career, as is Siwoo and Norin. So we can take a look at those guys potentially going forward. Let's click back to all courses, reset the filters, just click off all of them so we get the full sample of what we're looking for. Hopefully we're not going back to 2018 too often. When we are looking at the model, we don't want rounds from that long ago. Take a look at it. Colonial, pretty good. Not this week, pal. Not great. The model. Maybe I just didn't listen to it. Who knows? I think it gave me Scheffler's number one. I didn't play Scheffler, so that was stupid. Uh, Southern Hills. Where are we at from Memorial? New for 2021. What did I put in here? Off the tee, 10%. Approach, 25%. Par 4s, 450 to 500, 15%. Par 5s gain, 5%. Sand saves, 10%. Putting, 5%. We'll take out putting, 5%. 
Um, opportunities gained, 5%. Around the green, 10%. Fairways gained. It's a lot of focus, but I do have two proximity ranges in here as well. Well, par threes, 200 to 225. So let's de-emphasize the par four. 450 to 500 yards, just a little bit. Because I do want to throw in, actually, I'm going to take away opportunities game. I'm not too concerned about guys that are you know going out and just generating birdie opportunity after birdie opportunities at this course. Because, I mean, yes, you're going to need those, but that's not necessarily the way to win. The way to win is not to give back too many strokes. So greens and regulation gained is probably what we want a little bit more. Birdies are better. Where's greens and regulation? Gers gained. So we're going to throw that in at 10%. And then we're going to throw putting back in and we're going to do five to 10 and 15 to 20 feet. Uh, guys who are making their putts from that range are going to do the scoring the majority of the time. What do we got here? 5%. Where can I lose 5%? Probably don't need fairways gained on this big of a fairway course. So we'll go 5%, 5% and then figure out what we got on the go in the model this time around. The odds for this course are going to be very interesting, I think. I mean, when we're taking a look at it, with all of these big names, I wonder how much course history is going to play a factor, and so on and so forth. Past 50 rounds is what I have this down to. Lowry is the best over the past 50 rounds. Ooh, jump dummy. That's why I don't click down there. Click here. Lowry, Shoffley, Cantley, Rory, Rom, Hoagie, who really broke my, he really hurt my feelings at Colonial, Tom Hoagie. Thanks for nothing. Sungjae, Mito, Berger. Something wrong with... It feels like there's something wrong with Berger. Maybe he's not... He's okay, but he's not great. And he's not doing the things that he once did that were great. So that's... When we go take a look at the rolling report or shrink the sample size down a little bit, he's going to be one of the ones that fall by the wayside here. Bogey avoidance you could probably throw into this as well. That would enhance Mito in this, as Mito is very good at avoiding bogeys unless it's the last hole of a major. Other than that, he's pretty good. Victor, List, Woodland. Woodland, I'll probably give another look to, although it was a bad run at Colonial for him. We can go take a look at Colonial stats and guys who missed the cut that maybe could rebound a little bit. CT Pan continues to rate out very highly. Uh, good course history. Hasn't missed the cut over the past five years at this course. Kirk, Zalatoris, Wise, List. No one really from way down on the list. I'm going to bet Neiman this week, I bet. Neiman is going to be on the list. Cam Young is going to be on the list throw those two i mean they battle that riviera maybe riviera is something that i should look at over time of guys that have played well hadwin is still up there scott laird spieth no one like neesmith and that's mainly because of approach we take a look at approach over the past 50 rounds of players in this field like burger it rates out number one when we shrink this down to 24 that is not going to be the case it's gonna be a really good cam smith course too now that i think about it you know Make your putts. He didn't do that at Southern Hills. Obviously, the tee to green was immaculate. Uh, it's been a bad run of putting outside of the players and the Masters for him so far this season, which is really strange to think, considering he's won twice, had some pretty good performances, still came 13th at the PGA Championship. How has he played at Memorial? Bad. Very badly over the course of his career. Has made two of six cuts with no finish better than 65th. This could be a nice buying opportunity on Cam Smith. I'm not too concerned about his course history. Obviously, that's not good. 
uh, is that the Greens has never putted well at this course. The approach has been really bad. Uh, the driving has shockingly been okay, but this should be a course that fits his eye pretty well. If like Reed and Spieth have done really well, he's sort of like the advanced version of those guys right now with what he does well. So Cam Smith will get talked down because of course history this week, but it could be a good opportunity to jump on it. Or he misses the cut by a million strokes and you feel like an idiot for not believing in course history. It's a coin flip situation with this, but I think that will diminish his ownership moving forward at least for this week so it could be anytime that you can get one of these elite guys because of course history and nothing really else and that's really the knock against them not a bad opportunity to jump on at lower ownership obviously tambo and i will discuss this a little bit more i'm thinking about changing up the golf schedule i'd like to hear your feedback because football season is starting for me that's something that i need to do so probably have to start going to two a week very soon uh, maybe make it the Thursday show along with, I was thinking about bumping the DraftKings show and not doing that on Tuesday. So do the first look show that I'm doing right now, do the pick show with Feinberg on Mondays and then football on Tuesdays and then do the live show either Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning with Tambo for the finalized DraftKings picks. I feel like we're doubling up a lot on that and that's great for when football is you know useless to anyone uh but the the fever pitch is coming back for football right now and i got a lot of football content that i need to integrate because as we know the bills on this show well golf you know i love doing it obviously uh football pays the bills for everyone uh who's in this space so might have to start doing that so if you have ideas or i even put it on twitter like guests that you would like to see for football come on who aren't already on the show like yeah i know that cam is a good guest he's on the fucking show that's why he's on the show because he's a great guest you don't need to tell me to put cam on the show i know to put him on the show same as feinberg i know that he should be on the show uh guys that maybe i don't know i don't watch a ton of stuff in the space if there's someone out there who's really good at entertaining listen you can be the sharpest fucking people in the world that's great. You can write an article and give out your picks and people can go subscribe to that. I'm looking for people that can go back and forth with me, have some hot takes, who are absolute complete knobs, but are fun. I'm looking for fun on this show. People watch the show because it's fun, not because it's good picks, as evidenced by the numbers of this show versus the amount of correct picks that get put presented forward. Anyway, back to the model. This is past 24 rounds now. Xander Lowry fits. Rory Homa. I mean, this would technically qualify as a Fitz breakthrough. He's been close over the years. He played this really well when it was super difficult, the ROM year that he won. But he has two top fives in his past two starts as a third 68th and a missed cut at Memorial. The approach was bad. I mean, a lot of it was chipping and putting. That's what you're going to see out of him. But it's been a pretty good run for him. Fifth, 14th, miscut, second, fifth. And a miscut at the players. Ninth, the Arnold Palmer. Tenth at Waste Management. It's been a really good year for Matthew Fitzpatrick so far. Uh, And I think people might be, despite coming in fifth, the fact that he was in there in the final two groups at the PGA Championship, it felt like he kind of took himself out of contention. He blew up as others did not. Uh, I mean, some other guys did blow up, but it felt like he really gave it away and couldn't get it coming back. Every time that he was pressing to get back into contention and he got there, bad shot. So maybe along with Cam Smith, that depreciates his value. And it really depends on what these guys' prices are going to be as well, obviously. And even in the betting market, when we look at it, what's that going to be? The top five, Xander Lowry, Fitz, Rory, and Maximum Homa. Spieth, Kirk, Hovland, Wise, and Cam Young finish out the top. You can see Berger now nowhere to be found based off his recent struggles. Neesmith, Woodland, Smith, Noren Mito, Lashley. Lashley's another guy who really let me down this week. Hoagie, Lashley, and Hoagie. Shouldn't, maybe I did trust the model too much, and they like these two guys in particular too much. Connors is back. Bad go with the PGA Championship. Hideki, 
Horschel, Will Z, CT Pan again, continuing to stick around. Then you got Neiman, Morikawa, Lahiri, and Bradley Sungjae. There's Berger. He's down there because he was first in strokes gained approach over the past 50 rounds. He's 20th, which is still great, mind you. Uh, it's funny that he's 20th in strokes gained approach. This is actually something to go look at if you want to use Fantasy National to your advantage. So strokes gained approach, he's 20th. Greens and regulations gained, 103rd. There's a disconnect there that if he's not sticking it, he is just missing the green and that's going to foster a lot of bogeys so maybe that's something we can start looking at too the difference between greens and regulation gained and strokes gained approach like rom is first in greens and regulation gained over this period but only 32nd in strokes gained approach and i mean that actually tracks when you think about it he's not missing a ton of greens but we've seen three putts we've seen a lot of lag putting from him he's not giving himself a lot of opportunities to make birdies however at a course like this that's really good that means that you're going to be fine, more than likely, because you're not hitting into the bunkers and then having a long putt. You're just having a long putt to begin with. That's great. Rory, Xander, Alex Smalley. Okay, let's throw Smalley onto the short list here of guys we can research into a little bit more. Aaron Wise. How's Wise been doing? I feel like every time he has a good tournament, people are like, Wise is back! And then he sucks. And they're like, Wise is gone! Then he has a good tournament again. 23rd, 51st, 6th, 21st. All right, it's been actually a pretty good month. For him, the approach is back. The putting, you know, it comes or goes. But he's putted well at this tournament in the past. Memorial, yeah, ninth last year. Good putting. Okay. We'll see how we go with Aaron Wise. If he's $7,200, he's going to be like the most popular player in the field. So you have to kind of weight that against everything as well. I'll probably go back to Mito. Mito's even having a good week at Colonial, through three rounds at least. Uh, how are we doing here with Alex Smalley? I mean, the, uh, this is not good. This would worry me a little bit. So the putting, I mean, he can putt well or he can putt poorly. We have no idea. But the chipping is bad, like really bad. And it's historically bad for him. So if he's not hitting those greens in regulation, which he is, he's number four in the field. So maybe that's a, a risk that you want to take. That around the green is pretty problematic for a guy that's not crushing it. I mean, he's okay off the tee. He's substandard in this field in terms of approach. Like there's not a lot of positive indicators outside of the greens and regulation, but if he starts missing those, he's going to be in a world of trouble. Lowry, Mito, Zalatoris, Morikawa, Neesmith. Man, Neesmith everywhere. Ugh. I know he made the cut at Colonial because he's in a few of my lineups, but then I stopped looking at my lineups because they're all absolute trash. So I actually have no idea how he's doing. I know he played the weekend. That's three in a row, four in a row now for him. Third at the Valspar. <coughs> chipping's actually been pretty good versus a long stretch of it being pretty bad so maybe that's a positive note for him for the knights who say me smith miscut miscut for him at this tournament over the years i mean when you're not a top tier player that's to be expected that doesn't mean you can't turn it around by any stretch of the imagination uh tringali connor steel hovland hovland's kind of in the same boat but not like burgers he Hovland is third in approach and 11th in greens regulation. So that's great. So he's not only leaving himself some longer putts for birdie, but also close putts for birdie. Can he make all those? He has been. Not so much like the past two weeks, but he has been over the past 24 rounds. So that's great to see. So there's no real gap there. So Tringali is, no, not Tringali, sorry. Who is a big missed one? So Connors hitting a ton of greens and regulation, not close on the greens and regulation. Same as Brandon Wu, Nate Lashley, and 4chan Kim, all great in greens and regulation. The approach numbers are not great whatsoever. Uh, Kurt Kitayama, I mean, he's up there on both. I like Kitayama a lot. Not that he almost won Mexico. I used him this week. He was fine too. Uh, so Homa, 
Billy Horschel is another one who hits more greens in regulation than his numbers would suggest. Uh, same as Russell Knox, 73rd and approach 23rd in greens and regulation. So that could be an angle to take or not. Like that could be completely wrong. But I think that's a somewhat interesting thing to look at. Like if we just go reverse search by strokes gained approach over this time, who is actually like decent at greens and regulation? Seb Straka, 112th in approach, 50th in greens and regulation. Okay, that's somewhat interesting to look at. Cam Champ, 105th in approach, 30th in greens and regulation. So maybe these guys are setting themselves up for longer putts for birdie, but if you can two putt here, as again, like the rough and the sand is so difficult, scrambling is so difficult, that maybe just hitting greens and regulation are good enough. So maybe approach, well, it would make a big difference to the overall top finishers in this field. Maybe it makes less of a difference uh, in terms of guys that are going to end up making the cut. Now, this is a very small field. It's 120 players, so at least 54% of the field is going to make the cut, but... You know, you still want guys who make the cut. You don't want them to miss the cut. <laughs> that, that's another way that you can look at that. Like, it only takes two or three guys at a very large percentage of ownership to miss the cut. Then all of a sudden you're down to like 7% 6 of 6 instead of 25% 6 of 6. Uh, we'll take a look at the rolling report. Yeah, right now, so we can get a sense over time, guys that are trending upwards by these key stats and guys that are trending downwards by these key stats. And this is the model itself, the one that I just ran through. So past 100 rounds, this is going to, if people are not familiar with this, the past 100 rounds is basically going to tell you which players are good over time. It's a longer sample. It's not the longest sample possible, but it's a good enough long sample that it's going to give you good players. Xander, Rom, Zalatoris, Hovland, Morikawa. No big shocker. Keegan, Rory, Berger, Cantlay, List. That's your top 10. Spieth, Hideki, Connors, Homa, Lowry, Mito, Sungjae, Aaron Wise, Cameron Smith, Abraham Answer, Johnny Vegas, and the Gim Reaper. Gim's been, actually, Gim's actually been a little bit better recently. Too. I don't know, it's just his putting is so bad. Um, you can see from past 100 rounds, we can filter down to past 12. So, like, pure recent form. Um, Rom has been much worse over the past 12 rounds. Uh, so has Berger, Cantlay, and List. They've all been bad. Connors, I mean, bad is relative, like 47th, 65th, 55th, like average field strength, but going from top 10 down in that range. Let's, let's reverse search. See you guys that have climbed up. So past 12 rounds, Davis Riley has been much better, 92nd to 14th over that time. K.H. Lee, 57th to 10th. Now he's one in that range. Neesmith, 34th to 8th. Okay, we're looking pretty good there. Cam Young goes from 36th to 1st over that time. C.T. Pan, 40th to 15th. So these are all gainers that we're looking at. Tringali, Herman, <laughs> Kurt Kitayama, Brendan Steele, another group of five guys that have been much better recently than they have over the long term. Now, can they sustain that? I don't know. But it's nice to see that they're trending positively, not negatively, as we go down this list. Adam Long has been much better from 120th, that's like worst in the field, to 31st. Anyone else in the reds? Justin Lower? This guy. This guy pops up from time to time. Let's see, makes cuts. It's not bad. Doesn't really play difficult events. Can't chip the save his life minus 2.7 minus 4.4 yeah that's not gonna cut it there uh not gonna see the lower of the scores this week it seems who else has jumped brandon who has brandon who played at this has he played this course we'll take a look at that nation nationwide that is that core that that tournament so you have 27th and 58th for him 
at that event. Eh, bad around the green. has been bad the past two outings out. The putting has been absolutely electric. Puerto Rico and Mexico apparently are the two places where you want to play Brandon Wu. That's about it. So no thank you to him. No thank you, Brandon Wu. Vegas has gone way down. Poston's gone up. Cooch has gone up. Ryan Moore. Oh, yeah, this is Ryan Moore's last medical exemption. I don't know why the hell he picked this tournament. I think he's played it well throughout the years, like historically, but man, not the field I'd want to come back to go get go get my tour card back because I would need, I think he needs like a top seven or something like that. You couldn't have waited until the Travelers Championship, Ryan Moore, to play against a weak field and easier course that's more suited to you? Guess not. I guess we're going to see Ryan Moore on the Corn Ferry Tour after this if he doesn't have that good one. See Berger. Berger drops from 8th to 55th. Not great there, Danny. Danny Bergs. What's Neiman been up to? It's not as high as I would like to see for Neiman. Good finishes, just nothing great over time. I still like Neiman a lot this week. Yeah, the approach has been bad, and I overweighted that in the modeling. I think he'll be fine, though. All right, so that's the memorial. Uh, I guess we can go take a look at... This stats from, yeah, we'll get a sense of the entire field. So we'll see if there's anyone who missed the cut at Colonial this week that maybe, I don't know. Oh, yeah, of course, I put in strokes gain. This, that was dumb. Let's take a look past 12 rounds. Maybe that'll, there we go, much faster than loading in all of the rounds. So we'll take a look at the stats for this. Take a look at the finishing positions. Go directly to the guys who have missed the cut. So who was good? Scott Piercy was great. Lost four strokes putting in two rounds. That's not great. Tennis point difficult courses. Well, so we're going to throw, I don't know if he's in the field or not. So we're going to have to double check that. Streelman uh, was horrendous on and around the greens. The approach numbers were fine though through two rounds. Let's see. Mullenix drove the ball well. That's no big shocker. Hickok hit his irons really well. Uh, and some of these guys got the bad wave, obviously. That's something to look at. Eric Van Royen, someone who popped up uh, at the top of the approach list for Memorial. Uh, couldn't chip or putt, but pretty good week with the irons. Maybe he is someone. He is in the field, so that's something we can look at as well. He's been the worst. He's been the best on approach. Stallings, Hoffman, of course, Kevin Na is having a great irons week again and gaining putting and can't get any traction going. Yeah, that's what, that's what you get when you bet on uh, old Kevin Na. Morikawa simply cannot putt anymore. So maybe that'll be another good opportunity to go after him. Uh, not that you're going to get great odds on a guy who's won at this course, come second in this event over the course of his career, but people are getting pretty frustrated. Like, these are horrible strokes game putting numbers, and he's going to lose another five this week, but we've seen him turn around, like minus five, minus four, then plus 3.8. Uh, gained a little bit, like broke even at the century, gained 6.8. Like, you can see when he has these great tournaments, and at Memorial, I, I don't think he's ever lost strokes on the greens. Uh, yes, he lost 8.3. So this is a good good difference between the two. He lost 8.3 in his first appearance at Memorial, gained 5.4 the following year. So you never, never really know which Morikawa is going to show up. At workday, he put a great year that he won, uh, sl albeit slower greens, same greens though, 4.7 strokes gained. So he's gained a lot in two of the three and lost horrendously in one. I remember this was the case of the concession when he won. He lost 7.6 strokes at the Genesis, Next week, gain four, won the tournament. That's what 
He does from time to time. So you can see at Genesis, again, minus 7.6 strokes gained on lost on the field on the greens for Colin Morikawa. Then if you fast forward to Genesis this year, almost seven gained on the field. Almost a 14-stroke difference on the greens between years for Colin Morikawa. So at any moment, his putter can flip. So you, you're going to take your lumps. You're going to take your beatings when he's losing all these strokes. However... You know, maybe he can be a little bit better. Man, Sungjae is tearing it up, T to Green. Can't putt to save his life. Still minus three. Coming back, obviously missed the PGA Championship. This is his first week back. The putting has been bad. Usually want him at Bermuda, but he is a positive putter on all surfaces. So maybe Sungjae is another one who might be a bit undervalued. Been bad at Memorial. That's not great. But the approaches, by and large, have been very good. Yeah, I usually want him at short Bermuda tracks. But, you know, he's played well with the Masters in his career, so... It's something that we can go look at. Oh, Richard Bland did not have a good week. Oh, shocker. Will Zalatoris had a bad week on the greens and a bad week with his irons. That's pretty strange for him. Nice to see Chuck Hoffman actually hitting his irons pretty well for once. Ball striking, very good. Putting, horrendous. Who else? Who has made the cut here is just sinking themselves. And Gim was plus 11 this week. That's not good. So Sungjae, Hoffman, or guys who made the cut. Reavy. Reavy, I feel like has been sneaky good with the ball striking and like legit can't putt. But, I mean, another good Irons week. So that's three of the past four for him. Okay. The other stuff is not good. I don't want to use Shez Reavy, but that's, if you can start to capture some of the other things, that will make for better usage of Shez Reavy. Oh, remind me for the opener for the Travelers Championship too. We've seen this twice in the past few years because Reavy won and Harris English won and they were sort of like the surprise guy inside the top five at the U.S. Open the week previous. And then all of a sudden they just come out and they win the next week uh, at the Travelers Championship. Both those were West Coast U.S. Opens, however. One was at Pebble, one was at Torrey. Either way, I thought that was just something I had on my mind that I wanted to get out there. I bet Glover 200 to 1 after round 1 or round 2. I forget what it was. I mean, the ball striking is great. Putting, not so great. I guess I should have expected that going forward. Who else? Uh, Grio. I mean, he's back to being classic Grio. At least the ball striking is returned for him. The putting has Nat. Matt Jones, another great ball striking week. EVR, who I mentioned before. So these are the guys that we're looking at that are potential bounce back candidates for next week, just based off putting alone. Can they turn it around? Or are they historically terrible putters? It's tough to say with some of them. Or you have guys like Morikawa who are crappy on the greens, yet you never really know what's going to end up with them. In terms of guessing the odds this week for the Memorial, uh, I mean, I really have no clue who's going to end up being number one. You got Rom Scheffler. I mean, now that Spieth is back in the public sphere and Spieth is good again, uh, his odds are getting completely overblown. So you have those three guys. Cantley's won two of the past three years, so he's got to be up there despite a horrendous performance at the PGA Championship. Rory will most definitely be up there. So those are five guys I would expect to be leading this field in terms of odds. That leaves... Morikawa, Hovland, Lowry, Neiman, Hideki, Xander, Fitzpatrick, Cam Young, Zalatoris, Sungjae, Berger. Like, they're all going to be on that next tier. When DraftKings opens their odds, as we've seen uh, over the past little bit, they're going to have like seven guys below 20 to 1. And as the week goes along, that's going to change. Maybe because this field is so stacked, and they're going to have to put Rahm and Scheffler at like 10 to 1 to open. 
you know that Cantlay will probably be like 14 to 1, and Spieth will be 14, 16 to 1, whatever it might be. Morikawa is going to be the interesting one here. I think that he it'll either be he opens at 16 and drops to 20, or opens at 25 and drops to 18. Because if he starts off with like a devalued number in this field, everyone's going to jump on it, as they should, I will at the same time. But if he opens with the super short number, like with the favorites, which where I think that he should be in this field. Uh, but if he's like behind Cantlay for whatever reason, because of course history, which could most definitely be the case, that would be a good opportunity to buy in this field on someone like him. It's Lowry, Mito, and Neiman are the three, and Cam Young, I suppose, too, uh, that I want to look at and to see where their odds come in. So I I don't know if the books are going to cap them right away or if it's like, hey, we're going to hang some 60s out here, some 50s, and we're going to shrink them to 35 by the time that tee-off comes along. So if you see those numbers elevated early in the week when the odds get released, wherever you are, I would imagine that those are the players in this field they are going to get bet up right away. That doesn't mean you need to bet them or have to bet them or should bet them. Just know that if you see those guys 45, 50, 55, 60 to open, all their numbers are going to be shorter by the time that Wednesday comes along. So if you want them, bet them early, or you're going to lose a tremendous amount of closing value and overall value on your wager. Just keep that in mind, okay? Smash a like on the way out, sub to the channel, sub to the newsletter, and play in the DraftKings Listeners League. If you are looking for the DraftKings Listeners League, it is down in the description. Anyone can play. Rake free, three max entry, $15 to play, and I'll be it. Leave me your winner down in the comment section as well. I will return on Monday with Jeff Feinberg with the bets. Hopefully, you won money at Colonial. That would be great. I did not, unless something miraculous happens on Sunday. Fingers crossed. But until then, I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Everyone's